<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Uh, it's with a heavy heart that we are re-releasing this episode with the wonderful, hilarious, and talented Kevin Barnett. Um, unfortunately, Kevin passed away last week, which uh, shocked and saddened everybody who knew him. Um, he and I weren't uh, close, but we did get to have this conversation together. And obviously, um, my heart broke when I heard the news and... I wanted to get this out there again, just um, in a small way as a memorial. It, it makes me feel better to know that we can all have uh, this Wednesday to just re-listen to him and uh, enjoy him in this way. Again, I encourage everybody to look up everything he's ever done. Um, he's so talented and so hilarious. Um, and, uh, well, what else to say? I, I, I just remember when we sat down in New York... I was so impressed by him. That's, that's the main thing. I, he was so, for such a young man, he was so calm and hilarious and intelligent. And you'll hear in this episode, I'm just blown away by his perspective and his wisdom and not taking anything too seriously. Uh, it was really beautiful and, and left an impression on me. So um, uh, obviously it's, it's not much, but I wanted us to uh, share in this together in a small way to tribute to the to the great Kevin Barnett. So um, yeah, that's it. Broken heart. Enjoy Kevin Barnett, as we all did. Also, guys, I just found out that there is a GoFundMe for uh, a Kevin Barnett memorial fund. If you go to GoFundMe.com and type in Bird Luger, B-I-R-D-L-U-G-E-R, um, if a lot of us just give a little amount, makes a big difference. So even if it's just uh, a couple bucks, let's throw it in um, and help with the Memorial Fund. GoFundMe.com, Bird Luger, Kevin Barnett Memorial Fund. Um, they're close to their goal. Let's, let's see if we can push it over the top. Okay, get into it. It's a weird feeling when your dog barks at you, at your guests, <laughs> and that's the first thing that happens. It's like you don't know if he's excited or he just doesn't want me here at all. Yeah, he he does that for absolutely every single person, and, and now he loves you. But, like, it's a weird foot to get off a paw. It's a weird paw to get off. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, here, uh, tell the people about yourself. I need to get something. Oh, weird. Oh, we already started. Yeah, we can start. Oh, snap. All right. Hey. <laughs> this never happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you all about myself. Uh, Kevin. I'm Kevin Barnett. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Do a shout-out. It's good to have you all listen to me. <laughs> this is dope. <laughs> These are brain pills. I take brain pills before the podcast. Do you want one? Oh, snap. Yeah, sure. Do you? I uh, take three. Yeah, yes. Three of them? <laughs> they help you. just going to take them. I, I don't know. It. As you said, you <laughs> no, I love it. Take them. All right, yeah, I'll try it. Maybe if you're attentive, take two. That's, yeah. That's well, right. I'll try two first. Yeah, yeah. Here's some, here's some water. Oh, wait. Podcast guests love it when you talk with your mouth open. <laughs> you going for a walk, my love? Okay, I love you. Bye, Brody. <laughs> Say bye to the dog. Uh, right. uh, yeah, these. Uh, one time I did a podcast with Duncan Trussell, and he gave me these pills, and they really helped my brain. And I'm like, when, especially like when I'm a little bit tired and stuff. Yeah. How fast do they start working? Pretty fast, yeah. like ten minutes. Oh, but it's not like a stimulant. It's not like caffeine or something. You won't really notice it. You'll just kind of yeah. be slightly more articulate. It really could have just been anything. <laughs> yeah, I just I mean, gave I you just uh, Molly. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love Molly. It's great. It helps. Have you, you know? taken Have you taken Molly? <laughs> I've done it before, man. Oh, you yeah? have. But people actually, say it's wonderful. Oh, it's the best thing in the world. Really? I wish I could write commercials for Molly. <laughs> like it just makes you a better version of yourself, man. Like it makes you happy, right? Happy. You're genuinely interested in conversations with strangers. Really? Yeah. Like I remember, I like I was out one time and I I took it and I was like. I met some people and they were like dancers for a living. Yeah. Like they dance like ballet or classical or whatever. And I was just like, this is, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're in New York and you're, I was so happy. I feel like sometimes, like, can you turn my kids up a little bit? Sometimes I feel like when I uh, am in that place, whether it's a drug or whatever, I'm like, this is how we should be. Yeah. It's just so exhausting, I guess, to be that way yeah. all the time. But if you meet someone who's dancing for a living, yeah. sometimes I can hone into, like I watched... I went to a play in the park, and there were dancers before it. And even just watching it, I was like, they've done it. Yeah. Like, of, <laughs> like of all, exactly what you felt. Of all the things they could be doing, they're just kind of like spinning around and entertaining people. It's like, crazy. This is how the world should be. So yeah. everything was fascinating? Yeah, everything, everything is fascinating. You love everybody. <laughs> yeah. You just want... Like, you know, it's literally like you're just so happy for everyone and just genuine. And yeah. It's just like... How long does it last? How long could that last? That sounds exhausting. Know. I guess a couple hours or something, yeah. Do you think, do you find it tiring to be interested and interesting? Like, when you, or are you a social person? Do you like going out? That's the stuff? thing. It's, it's weird. Like, I like to go out and stuff like that, but I also have this thing where a lot of times people will think I hate them. But <laughs> it's just, Why? just disinterest. I'm just, I can be like that a lot, and it's it's, it caused a lot of problems for me early on. Is I feel that like right? I've been better about it since, like, you know, I've like been up here in New York. I've been better, but like my whole life, a lot of people would just be like, he hates, he hates. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I say that about my brother. My, my, I have an older brother named John, and, and I'm like, you might think he doesn't like you. Of course he does, but he, he's just kind of, I guess you could say it in a good way. He's kind of authentic. He's not going to be like, oh, you do vinyl sliding? Cool. You know what I mean? He's just going to be like, huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah. what you were like? I was like that. And you know what? You know what probably changed me? Weed? Molly. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm a different person, man. <laughs> it was, why did I get a different drug? <laughs> it couldn't have been that. No, no, no. Didn't no. you come to New York when you were really young? I, I moved there at like uh, 23. That's young. Yeah. It's not like Chappelle young. No, no, no. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck he that guy. He did it man. as young as you could do it. Disgusting For the rest of comedy. He is comedy. <laughs> it's just like he is that shit. He is comedy. Yeah. And the rest of us look like frauds. I started when I was around mm. 21, so I'm just like... That's way late. Yeah. But where did you start? I started in uh, Tallahassee. Oh, okay. I was going to school at FSU. And uh, I had done, like, I was a music, I went to an art school, so I was like a music major. Okay. So I, what I went you, to what do you play? saxophone and piano and all that. All, all the shit. saxophones? Yeah, tenor and barrier were my main things, and I played alto here and there. And huh? then, like, they make you play clarinet and flute on all that shit once you. Do they scream nerd after you start playing? <laughs> no, they? man, I was jazz. It was jazz. So it was a bunch of cool ass black motherfuckers. People were black, and they were cool. You stuck jazz the landing dude. on that black. Yeah, they were black. You went <laughs> heavy. But a lot of people, yeah, a lot of them ended up doing really well. The people that. That I used to play with and stuff, but. Uh, really? Was, yeah. I don't know. I know some. If it's not Joshua Redman, I don't know any modern I love jazz Joshua people. Redman. I do too. I was actually just talking to somebody yesterday. We we're talking about like freaking out when you see a celebrity. Yeah, and I never do that 
but the one time I did was when I saw Joshua Redman no in way. the street. And I was no like, way. Oh, fuck Joshua I can't Redman. believe you recognize him. I would have yeah. thought it was Kirk Franklin. <laughs> I can't. I don't, I'm not sure. Out if I saw I, Kirk the, Franklin. I would too. Who <laughs> yeah, am I yeah. kidding? But I'm just talking about like the from album covers alone. I don't have enough facial in, like because I'm thinking of Freedom in the Groove. His head is down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topless yeah. and bald. Was, I, he was just like my favorite modern player and like you know i was like studying jazz and such i was like just yeah. a huge yeah. fan of him but i guess like yeah four or five years ago i just saw him walking around the west Where? around here around the west Village. no way yeah and i was like oh shit Joshua. i, I s- ran up on him i saw them play i guess it's hard with jazz because you never know if it's the same four or five people but i saw yeah, him yeah. play and his bass player I-, I was transfixed by the bassist the entire time he, he was, was insane uh, which bassist was you I don't know. I'm embarrassed, but it would have been around 1997, 1998. I know he was playing. Damn, I can't even think of it. It's when Freedom in the Group came out, because yeah, that, yeah. that album... I, I know who the bass player is, but for some reason I can't think of the name right now, but he's I, a beast. He was a beast. Yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. If you can take an instrument that's that low tonally yeah. and still steal the show, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't walking it up like, beep, 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 like, so you'd that's, look at him. That's the he was thing. just... Yeah. Bang, and that's the point, like, everybody, like, I feel like I haven't, like, played in forever, and I've, like, barely even been listening to jazz, which is kind of sad to me. I just listen to too much rap and shit. But, oh, uh, really? Yeah, like, everybody will be like, why don't you play, like, to relieve stress and shit? It's like, no, that's, at, at a certain point, playing, if you're, like, trying to, like, do music as a career, especially, like, jazz or, like, classical, playing is, like, the most stressful thing that you can do. Is that true? Yeah, like, everybody I know, we used to talk about, like, they talk about, you call your horn or your, your bass the axe, and they're like, this motherfucker, this act. They, like, you hate it. Because really? it treats you so bad. <laughs> you know? Why? It's just, it's just hard. Is it because, I don't want to assume that the lifestyle is kind of shitty, and it's hard to perfect, and it's yeah, not like yeah. you're making tons of money right away, kind of like comedy? Is it yeah, like it's, that? Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, like, when I was, like... Except it's so much more obvious that you suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? And then if you don't play for a while, it'll literally hurt. Like Is it that hurts. right? Yeah. Like your, your embouchure, your mouth, like the muscles aren't tight anymore. And so like right now I haven't played, I haven't touched it in probably like two years, yeah. two, three years. Yeah. If I was oh to God. play for more than like 15 minutes, my whole face would be sore for like a day. Is that, I believe that. Yeah. Because I played upright bass in my, well, I didn't play upright bass. I would play regular bass, but I would occasionally play upright bass just yeah. for shits. And I was like... Oh, like the, the like a snakeskin shedding. I would just lose an entire layer of hand. Yeah, it's brutal, man. <laughs> and this guy who played the other basses would he had this red streak down the back because he did play upright of blood, like what, where blood he was on playing it? on a long show and he just wiped his hand on the back of the to well, that's wipe the guy who has a, probably a couple gonna, problems. <laughs> well, this is, well, I wonder what it is. I mean, jazz and heroin, like, you know, not now. I don't yeah, think Joshua yeah. Redman's doing heroin. No, <laughs> but no. like back in the day when it was being born, there was something similar to people who liked suffering yeah. and, yeah. and were sad. I don't know. I don't, yeah, it just it beats you up. It just beats you up, man. And maybe they think they deserve it or something. I don't know. Like, I need to pour myself it, through the, this it's horn. It's the same thing as, like, comedy, right? Half the time you're doing comedy, you're just like, I don't, why am I... <laughs> Almost every day I wake up and then my first thought is like, oh, God, not again. <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah. I recorded my comedy special. It might be uh, Val were here. She would know. It was probably like two months ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't, maybe a month and a half. I haven't done stand-up since. Oh, for real? And it's, it's been fine. It's, it's great. <laughs> when you don't do it, it's like, wait, I don't have to... I don't have to do this. I'll put it to you this way. Every morning when I dress and I put on a T-shirt, I mm. think, do I have a show tonight? 
Because yeah. I don't, because you know, you'll probably go straight oh, to the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So when you get up and you know you don't have a show, you're just like, look, I'm wearing this fucking purple shirt. I'd wear this on stage. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You just you don't care. Yeah. And there's no awareness of it, clothes or prep or do I have a set or what yeah. am I going to do or what did I do last time I was there. We love it, but it is. It tears you apart, man. It's tearing you apart in a little way, right? Yeah. Even just like yeah, you talking about, like hey, well, I'm putting on a shirt and the awareness or whatever. Like sometimes it's like I can't. You know, if you wear a certain thing, comedians are going to tear you apart. That's, you that's the other thing. It's <laughs> brutal. Like if I, I know if I'm just going to be walking around and stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I can wear whatever hat I want, whatever <laughs> right, shirt I right, want. Right. And the nightmares that I run to a comedian in the train. Ah, uh, they got you in yeah, the wild. <laughs> they catch you in the train. <laughs> they go shit all over your shirt. And just yeah. like, it's if, brutal, man. If, uh, if Jim Norton saw me right, my hair. I, you know, it's the weekend. I'm not going to like clean up, really. Yeah. I look like Ralph Wiggum. I got Ralph Wiggum hair, and I'm wearing a purple shirt for the third day in a row. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, this th- I've worn this shirt three days in a row. It's, it's the just... weekend. Leave us alone, yeah, Jim yeah, Norton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I wonder uh, what that is when it starts to feel good. When you've been doing it enough that you've proven that you do it, and yeah. then it starts to feel okay to take a little a little time off. Yeah, it's weird. Like it's like uh, yeah, I feel like early on, especially here in New York, it was just like I got to be up all the time, Absolutely. this many times a night or whatever. And now sometimes it's like, man, I'm just I'm tired, man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are going to a happy hour. They get drinks on this roof. Well, that goes back to the thing that lifestyle I could never really swing with. Yeah. T.J. Miller's in town, and he shot something for the TV show we're work- we're working on, and we wrapped at like two thirty in the morning, and, and then he was like, "We're going out for a drink," and I was like, "We're working again tomorrow." I can't. <laughs> and like some guys. Yeah. Don't mind it. Like, and I ended up going, and it was really, really fun. And I'm yeah, glad we yeah, did. Yeah. And it wasn't like we got fucked up. We had like a drink, like gentlemen, but <laughs> like cool gentlemen. But like, there's some people that just love it. And I bet it was the same with music. There's some people that like yeah. just wanted to be at the club. They watch the other people play. They're always yeah, practicing. Yeah. It's like they become part of their instrument. It's it literally it takes your soul, man. Yeah. Like when I was like heavy well, that's into what it. it is. Yeah. Excuse me. I just want to agree so hard with that. It's that story of like selling your soul to the devil for, to play the fiddle real good. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. They they're talking about like. Your entire focus, your entire yeah. life, right? It's crazy. And it's funny, too. Like, I left. I remember when I was leaving jazz, right? It was just a thing where I was I was in in jazz heavy, and it was like a thing where, like, my schedule was like 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. was a private lesson. 9 to 10 was your training. Then I had a break. What is then. that? Just they like, just play a note, and you go, <laughs> Yeah, they, they would just play a bunch of stuff, and you got to, like, you know, you write out. You try to do stuff by ear. And no. You just learn. Like Amadeus? And, yeah, you just... Got to recognize stuff by ear. It just helps train your ear to be better at like, which helps a lot for jazz because at a certain point, you just have to be able to hear stuff in your head and just be playing exactly what you're feeling. And, oh, right. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting when you're like, excuse me, if I drop a little insider jazz knowledge, people <laughs> listening might not follow what we're about to say. But if you're like trading fours or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. And someone plays something, you literally have to play it back. And they might be playing, Yeah. you know, it's a string instrument and a wind instrument. You're just yeah. going off your ear. Of course... You know, it's not as hard as it maybe it seems to someone like me, but you are just playing what you're hearing in your head and then yeah. you're playing. But so, that is hard, though. That's the thing. Right? Like, it takes forever to get to that. Right. And it's just like, I remember, like, right when I left was right when it started to kind of all fall into place. Because at a certain point, you start to look at it as like math, right? Instead of mm. being like, 
you hear a note and like this is a C and this is an F or whatever, you're like, oh, that's a perfect fourth. And you can hear that in your head. And like, uh, oh, this is a, a ninth and all that stuff. And once you hear that, I you don't I feel like I'm on Molly to... right now. By the way, I'm like so <laughs> fascinated in jazz. I think I, I gave us the wrong films. Yeah. You start to become math. It starts to become you math. The harmony, so literally that way, the harmony. Yeah. So you don't have to like, when you have to transpose a song, like say like you're with a singer and normally you play the song in, in G and she's like, I'm kind of sick today. You yeah. need to play it in D. Yeah. If you're thinking of it as in, like, I need to know these notes, and that's going to be brutal. That's horrifying. Like, I don't know how to play this song in D. I learned it in G. Right. But if you think of it as math, you're like, okay, it's just all numbers. So uh, in relation to this. You're moving like a pattern. Yeah, right? yeah. Does that make sense? That would yeah. make sense with a bass. You're moving a pattern from yeah. one area to another. Literally, like, when we were doing music theory, we'd, they would make us, it got to a point where you, music was like we would graph it. I don't remember exactly what the details of what yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, but yeah. I remember there was a good month or so we were like graphing the music. Really? So yeah, you start to look at it just as math. And I'm shit. wondering if math is going to make a weird comeback in my life because the more like movies I see and more conversations I yeah. have where people are like, "No, math is amazing. It's like this perfect harmonizing. Perfect is the word. Yeah. It's like this inexplicable order beneath everything. It's perfect, man. That's how we're going to talk to the aliens and the dolphins. <laughs> 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 you know? Probably the Loch Ness Monster. All of them. They know math. It's how we're going to find Nessie, yeah. and then it's how we're going to talk to her. Yeah, exactly. But like, even like a chord, I suppose, is a type of math. It's, yeah, it's it, a it's, math. It's three things, three vibrations yeah. that go together. Just the spaces in between. Yeah. So you start to think of the spaces in between, and then it becomes like, oh, I don't need to worry about what key I'm playing in or what notes these are. I just know what they are in relation to each other. Yeah. And then from that, once you're able to hear the numbers... Then all of it's just hearing it, they're and then you hear shit in your head, and you can just play exactly what's in your head. They're always sneaking in math. Yeah. Like, they, they get you in with cool cigarettes and, like, <laughs> tie-less suits. Yeah, yeah. And, like, leaning on a blue light, that sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. And you're really learning fucking math. Dorks, man. You're dorks. The coolest people. Yes. All dorks. Miles Davis. Dork. Get that honky bitch out my face. <laughs> <laughs> math jerk. Math. <laughs> It's crazy, man. Ah, that was from Collateral. That, that Miles Davis impression oh, yeah, yeah. was from the movie Collateral, yeah. which is a fake, yeah, that's <laughs> a fake story about Miles But it was Davis. good, man. Did you learn confidence and, uh, from improvising? Because what I'm... Let's, I don't know how, what level to talk about jazz. You know, you're improvising the solos. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it so exciting. You yeah. know, when, I know it's, it's very broad, but when I hear... Uh, Miles Davis in, in uh, So What, you know? Mm -hmm. it, 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 every time I'm like, oh, that's a perfect solo, and that's so amazing yeah. to hear it and to know that he was just kind of feeling it. Yeah, you just feel... But that's insane. So you learn all this math, <laughs> yeah. you learn how to paint technically, and then all of a sudden you're just kind of throwing paints around. Yeah. But then when you're done, you're like, holy shit. But that, you know, I'm playing jazz in high school... And you had to have the confidence of the entire, you're doing this hardcore, the entire room of good musicians. And I never thought I was like, fantastic. I thought yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Are now listening quietly, especially the bass solo, to mm. you and like what you're going to do. And you can fuck up. Like yeah, I still yeah, remember yeah. people being like, blah, blah, blah. like and yeah, you're just yeah. like, Ugh. unless they do it twice and then yeah. it's cool. That's the thing, man. It could be devastating. Like, you know, you're standing in this room full of like your friends and they're like, yes. dope. 
And then you just got to stand up. They're all sitting down. You stand up, and yeah. everyone was looking at you. Yes. And you could play some horrible shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I've heard of stories, like, back in the day. Like, I, I feel like nowadays jazz musicians are friendly and nice or whatever. It's like comedy, hear, man. Can I just yeah. interject? It's like everything's softening. Yeah, Everything's yeah. becoming more gentle. Yeah. I don't I, know why. I remember, like, watching like some it. documentary and just hearing about somebody playing at some club and he just stunk. Like, he got up and his solo just stunk, and then he was fucking up all the chords. Then they beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> they beat the shit out of this dude. That doesn't happen anymore. Wait, I've never heard a solo that made me go, let's get him. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this guy. He's playing jazz. Yeah. And people beat the shit out of him for playing so in bed. Do you remember great solos? I have to imagine just like a good improv scene or something. There were moments where you're like... Shit. Yeah, I guess like pieces of it. Like I remember pieces of stuff, but like, like what you played. Yeah, I'm yeah. just wondering like the feeling, like a, yeah, a day yeah. where you like, oh man, because it's one of those things like comedy, right? Mm. Some days you're funny. Some days you feel too funny and you go out. You have you're too confident and then you suck. Yeah. But some days it's just perfect. Like you have to be funny at eight o'clock on Thursday, right? Yeah. And sometimes you feel like being funny at eight o'clock on Thursday, and sometimes you don't. But then sometimes it's perfect. Like you've yeah. had the perfect meal, you've had the perfect friend, whatever it was. You yeah. had sex. You didn't have sex. You, whatever it might be that gets you ready, and then mm. you go out and you're just there. And yeah. the same thing with music, where you are. In the bill, where you are in the song, if it gets thrown to you just at the right moment, right across the plate, and you're just like, ah, that was great. Yeah. You've taken something that's impossible to harness and harnessed it, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you're just in that pocket. But you ever have comedy just ruin your day? Of course. <laughs> like you just, everything about the day is perfect, and you feel like you're about to be the funniest person that's, alive. That's and, a phenomenon. I'm so happy you know about that. That's a yeah. phenomenon. That's why I think, like, if all of your needs are being met, you're about to have a bad set. Yeah. If you're feeling a deficit and you need the set to go well, yeah. That's one of the most powerful things I can think of to say when I'm doing badly, or even if I'm just worried, is I say up top, I'll go, I really need this to go well. <laughs> this is all I'm doing today. I need this You'll to say go well. Outside. I'm saying, I'm not yeah. fucking around. If this goes badly, it's going to ruin my night. And it's just funny to kind of like break that tension, yeah. because it's true. It will fuck you up. But if I'm like at some fucking birthday banquet and Val's there <laughs> and my long lost friend is there and someone gives me a perfect gift, then I go do comedy, I have nothing for those people. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to just radiate onto them? I have to go out needing something from yeah. them and they, I hope they want something from me yeah. and then we can all leave satisfied. Yeah. It's like you don't want to fuck when you're not horny. You want to be horny. <laughs> be horny. Yeah. Don't just be erect. Be horny. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, man. They they just want to see you when you're doing your worst as a human being. That's it. Like, that's what it is. But that's art, isn't it? I yeah. mean, like, oh, God, I'm sorry to keep driving the jazz thing, but I have to think jazz, music, uh, poetry, comedy, all of these types of art, even, I suppose, to a certain degree, painting or whatever it might be. Uh, Peter Rawlings uh, quoted somebody when he did my podcast. He was talking about... When we ask the artist to write another song or write another poem, we're really wishing pain upon them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. I don't write good. I mean, like, I, I pride myself, or I, it just happens naturally, to be honest, on being a more upbeat comedian. I, I don't go up and go, like, eh, fucking Subway was late again or whatever. Yeah. I love that type of comedy, actually, but, like, I don't do that. But still, a lot of my silly, happy things come from some sort of deficit. Yeah. So we want that. We need it. We, we need, need it. something. It's not wrong. Yeah. It's just the alchemy of suffering. Something goes badly, and then you turn it into a joke. Yeah. And that's great. 
That's how we live, man. That's a good thing. Like, I saw you tell that story about going on the road and the guy throwing on the Biggie shirt. Oh, yeah, 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 You're yeah. telling that story, like, it's fun. And I was like, that must have been a hard night. It was very strange. <laughs> like a weird, yeah. awkward... It was odd, man. You Where, where was it? You went to... I think it was... It was somewhere in Maryland, but just like, like literally, it was so title. far. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> so it was beautiful. <laughs> and you went? Yeah. And everybody was like super duper white. and Yeah, they were all the old white people at this uh, Elks Lodge. Yeah. You know, and they just were literally just everybody was just so like, oh, like, oh, this is, we got one. <laughs> you know, and they, they were trying so hard to like make me comfortable. Yeah. They were just brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. It's like my dad, if he meets a lesbian, like I see him <laughs> really light up and be like, ah, gotta be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, just relax. I'm the same. Yeah, just relax. Just <laughs> they, relax. They were so aggressively trying to like, the fact that the guy saw me and then went and put on a notorious B.I.G. shirt is insane. Yes. His heart was in the right place. Right, right, right. That's the thing. I can't follow. He was My trying to be good. My dad does with a Lilith Fair t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but people, people, but you know, you tell that story and it's very funny. But then also I'm like, those moments where you're going to a show and you're alone mm-hmm. and you're nervous and it's weird and it's weird for everybody. They're not great things it's it's later when you look back that you're like that guy put on a big shirt maybe yeah. you can be in the moment and be like this is hilarious i'm going to talk about yeah, this. yeah yeah that comes later but especially at the beginning you're just kind of suffering yeah and then later you look back and you're like oh maybe that's a bit like like i had a bit about thinking there was a killer in the back seat of my car and uh, I, you know i wrote it because i was driving across the dakotas doing fucking weird roads and it was like no street lamps middle of cornfields you don't it was just darkness yeah. you only saw your headlights and that was like a lonely, scary feeling. I know yeah. that sounds not that bad, but like <laughs> when you're 24 and you're just like, <laughs> like yeah. that's your, how old are you now? 29. 29, okay. But you moved here when you were 20. Yeah, I was 23, yeah. With 23. But still, it seems so old now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm yeah. like, it felt so scary. And then you write a bit about it because you're yeah. like, I need to tell somebody about what I was afraid of. And then people yeah. laugh and then everybody benefits. Even just like when a show goes horribly, just bombing. And like in a moment, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But then, like, a couple of days later, it's just, like, some of my favorite memories of bombing. Yes. Some of my favorite of all time. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. I mean, isn't becoming a comedian or maybe becoming a mature adult is even not withdrawing in the painful moments? And, yeah. going, like, having those good friends that, you know, like, I can't wait to tell, like, John Oliver, more than anybody I know, loves a good bombing story. Yeah. <laughs> so you're eating shit and you're just like, I can't. <laughs> or whoever it might be. Yeah. I just can't wait to call Valerie on the way home and be like, it was beyond terrible. It was a, yeah. I didn't know it was a charity for children who had been in hot air balloon accidents, and I opened with a hot air balloon. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite ones was uh, early on, right? This is when I was living in Tallahassee, and I may be like, <clears throat> this is my first paid gig ever yeah. they paid me like 50 bucks and I was like really excited because like, the guy handed me a check like now you're a professional comedian <laughs> <laughs> but I get there right and they told me that they called me before like we're really excited to have you you know very good things you know this, this is uh this is a, it was somebody's 30th birthday party mm. like, it's a birthday party it's just gonna Sounds be fun terrible. Just, yeah you just go up there and do whatever you want it's your 30th birthday party <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. And I get there, and one of my friends who was like, he was a musician, uh, he was there too. And I feel like every time this dude has seen me go up, 
it's went horribly. Like he's never somehow it's like I a have curse. Friends like that. Yeah. I also have friends that whenever they're there, it goes amazing. Yeah. For some reason, Jay Larson. I'm just like whenever Jay Larson <laughs> is there, I'm like it always goes well. Keep going. Yeah. So we get there, right? You have and that friend. Yeah, so he's, like, playing music there and whatever, and I'm supposed to be doing comedy. And I get up, and, like, I'm early on, so, like, my jokes are, like, terrible. Like, I'm talking about vaginas and sure. fucking periods and whatever other stuff, right? Your I'm just very period, vulgar. Period. Yeah, yeah, just very vulgar and terrible. Yeah. But that shit used to work in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... And, like, it's just complete silence the entire time. And I'm, like, wondering, like, what's going on with these people? Like, they seem, like, very stuck up about it. It's complete silence. And then I get done, you know... One person claps. <laughs> Walk off stage. One person claps. One person. They did was like they hated me. Oh. Man. And then uh, the guy who was hosting the thing goes up and he's like, "All right, precious Lord, take our hands." And then he started praying. And it was a gospel. It was like a. It was a church function. Oh and nobody God. told me. Oh my God. They were horrified. The fillet of delight that this story is. Yeah. I just want to savor this moment where I haven't fully wrapped my brain around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That is the worst. Yeah. I just made up a hot air balloon. You did it. I did it. It happened. You got followed by prayer. They prayed right after and my prayer thing. killed. Yeah. <laughs> and then the worst part was I didn't have a car or nothing. I have no ride, so I had to stay for the whole Yo. party after that. That still it happens. Just, yeah. I think I, I maybe I, I don't know if I've told this. Maybe Andrew it sounds familiar. I just did a corporate and it went so badly. And you know, maybe I shouldn't say that because it's like bad for business, but sometimes they go badly. Yeah. But this was recently. And you think <laughs> you're like, oh, I've been yeah, on the yeah. thing. And you go up and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. And, and they're always like, you have to be clean. Please be clean. So you're like, no problem. And then you go up and you riff on them for 10 minutes and they like that. And then you start doing bullshit jokes and they're just like, go back to talking about our company. <laughs> and you can't because yeah. you have no more witty observations <laughs> yeah, about yeah. their textile plant. Yeah. And then you just eat shit. And then people would come up. And I was just staying to have a couple drinks and like numb the pain. <laughs> and some people would come up to me and give me tips on why they think it went poorly. Oh, and I wanted man. to be like, no, I'm a, I'm a comedian. Yeah. Like, you should be impressed by me. But I, I just ain't that. shit. Yeah. So now I'm nothing to you. Yeah. I don't mean you should be impressed by me, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no, no. Most of you like people think it's cool that you're a comedian, yeah. unless you just shit your pants, and then you go from cool to the opposite of they cool. They hate you. Yeah, they that's hate the you. <laughs> that's, that's what the most fascinating thing to me about bombing is. Right? Yeah, I feel like I've said this on stage while bombing. <laughs> it's like you have and you you work on your jokes for however long. It could be all day, couple weeks, couple months, years. Yeah. You're working on these this set that you're gonna do, and you're like, man, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna get them. Yeah, and then you don't. <laughs> to have a room full of people, especially when it's like a place that's packed. Yes. Like to go up there and you have all these things, you're trying to be honest and real and, and, and talk about yourself and bare your soul. Right, right. And for them to not relate or get anything and just hate your set means they hate you that's as it. a person. That's it. They hate you as a human being. That's right. And that's fascinating. Like you play a trumpet poorly. Yeah. They're just like, well, he's not good at the trumpet. But if you're yeah. like, my dad beat me, and they're like, this fucking guy sucks. <laughs> like you just showed yeah. who you were. Exactly. It's so, is it more personal? It has to be. It's very, yeah. Is the thrill greater, though, when it goes good as opposed to music? Oh, that one's tough. That was tough to really? say. Really? Yeah, yeah. Music, was, was it almost as good? Yeah, because when you're like vibing and, and the shit is just like, you really like, you know, moments happen that like will never happen again. <sighs> you're just like. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's how they're, they're both, I don't know, it's similar. I can't believe you're saying this. I thought for sure you were going to be like, nope, comedy beats it by a long shot. 
I've never man, talked to a comedian that's like, there's a there's a tie for first. Yeah, it's tough. I feel like I know, love it. Yeah, when it's at the top of when you're like really getting into it and you like I don't know. So why don't you do it anymore? I don't know, man. I got tired. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired, man. I have the worst. There's got to be some music teacher that turned you on to the to the saxophone. That's just can't you picture him in some sort of sweater vest Look, shaking his head? That's right what now? I thought would happen, right? I remember my uh, my professor, this dude uh, Bill Kennedy, and he's like he's taught a bunch of people that have gone on to do like great things. Yeah, and but he's like a very like crazy like. You know, like in Whiplash, in the first part of the movie, where like the you know how the the professor seems like nuts. Yeah, like he's like that. Oh my like God. he's just like I remember. Like we had this thing called uh, Jazz Colloquium, right? And this is where all the saxophonists get together and you play what you've been working on. And um, there was this kid who was like a freshman, and he was all excited. He was playing some Charlie Parker shit. I forget what it was. Right, and he goes up, and he's like, he's like talking to us all week, like, oh, I'm so excited, to like show Kennedy this, this what I've been working on with oh, this Charlie no. Parker thing, and he gets up there, right, and then he starts playing. The kid's so excited, he starts playing. About 45 seconds into him, Kennedy stops him, and he's like, hey, hey um, have you been, have you been wor- working on the stuff? Have you been listening to uh to the Charlie Parker thing? And the kid's like, yeah, like every day, and I'm working. He's like, and he cuts him off again. He's like, then why do you sound like that? <laughs> just like we're like he's like all right what uh what's the chord on measure blah 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 whatever and the kid's like um it's a f uh sharp set whatever and the kind of cuts him off again he's like what the fuck is that look at the clock what time is it it's like three seventeen. look how quick you told me look how quickly you told me the time oh no you should be able to do that with chords right what are you doing here but this is the guy that <laughs> just, changes lives right yeah 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 isn't it funny yeah when i watched whiplash i was like yeah I had I didn't have professors that were that mean. Yeah. But like there were people talking about the ball breaking and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's this weird refining thing where if you're not funny and if it, it I remember going to the cellar and getting my balls broken when I was like barking, you know, like I, I was I wasn't anything mm-hmm. and I was across the street at a shitty club and then I'd go to the cellar just to hang out like a loser <laughs> and everyone would make fun of you and that was kind of you don't know because you're so young, you don't know how to appreciate, step out of yourself and appreciate the suffering, like yeah. the bomb, like we were saying. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, oh, no, they're, they're teaching you in a weird yeah, fucking yeah, weird yeah. way. It's this tribal, like they're throwing rocks yeah. at you, so you learn how to dodge rocks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's what but this guy's doing, right? That's what he was. But still looking back, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if he needed to do all that. Yeah. Because <laughs> he would just, He's probably he literally would stop people and say, what are you doing here? Uh, people are dying. <laughs> Shit like that. Like, it was crazy. What, what does that have to do with I it? I don't know. <laughs> That's what his method was, Was man. he good, though? He was He was dope, but he was probably a guy who didn't, like, achieve as much as he would have wanted to. Right. But then a lot of the guys he instructed are, like, dope. Right. Like, and he's he's old, so, like, there's people who have done, like, a ton of, a ton of stuff, like, that are already, like, known, like, yeah. that we would study that yeah. he had taught. That's crazy. But how do you teach that sort of like off the table? You have the theory, and I have to imagine you're learning all this stuff to forget it, right? You're trying to get yeah, into yeah. a place, a soulful place. You're talking about getting yeah. in a vibe, losing yourself. When uh, the great late uh, Gary Shandling did the show, we're talking about that no mind thing, where yeah. it's like you stop thinking and you just start being right there. That's yeah. what I hear when I hear an amazing. That's what, that's what uh, so what sounds like to me. Yeah. Somebody that. You're not thinking, oh, God, everyone's listening to me. And you're not thinking, oh, how many bars am I going? It just kind of pours out of you, just yeah. like a great comedy set, all of these things. But how do you teach that? I feel like yeah. a lot of us just default to go like, oh, they either have it or they don't. Right? Yeah. 
You watch well, someone and you're like, no, they'll never have it. Yeah, that's the thing. There's some people, a lot of comedians are very boring people. <laughs> Just boring. <laughs> it's like you watch, I mean, I shows like, say that. I know what you they, mean. Yeah, <clears throat> I go to shows so much and I'm just like, I'm bored. I can't, like, it. And I feel like since I've done comedy, I've become a much more boring person than I was. That's fucking so interesting. I because like all we talk about is comedy? Yeah, because you just do comedy. You go to comedy shows. Like, you know, like, you know, I had interests before and shit. That's so funny. Hobbies and whatnot. You were rewarded for having other interests and hobbies. And now we're yeah. both just like unibombers, but we're writing tweets. Yeah. We're in a cabin in the woods and we're complete. That's why the, the stereotype of a comedian doing bits about airplanes and hotels and yeah. rental cars. It's like that's because all, that's all we know. Yeah, that's all. But isn't there a way to combat? I'd like to think there's a way to combat that. This is why I'm like secretly hoping you get back into music <laughs> so you can have something else. Yeah. Oh, no, I just saw a terrible ABC sitcom for you where you're a music teacher. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just saw it. Yeah. Because even my dumb comedy brain was like, how do we turn this back into comedy? Yeah. Like, yeah, go have yeah. an interest, but then we'll turn it back. Dude, like, there wasn't that. That was a Steve Harvey show, right? Where he was, uh, was it was Steve there, there was, was a Craig Robinson one. There was a, yeah, it was Mr. Robinson. They did that. And then, like, I think Steve Harvey show, he oh, was a he? music teacher, too. Okay. He played, like, trumpet or something. I don't know if that was terrible, by the way. I just was picturing you in a terrible <laughs> show. <laughs> it was That's your the fault, route, too. man. You were That's really the route. It Eight years from now, be some, I'll be, like, 20 pounds heavier. It is interesting, though. Actors and comedians get to a certain level by being so hyper, laser-focused on one thing. And mm -hmm. then later in your life, if you're lucky, you're paid to pretend that you have other interests. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be funny if you were a, a deli owner? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just a stand-up. That's exactly what it is, man. I used to be so cool, man. Yeah. I was a cool guy. Not anymore. It's gone. What were your interests? Like, I played jazz. You know, I was like, so it's all at the same time I was doing jazz and doing comedy. But I was also into this stuff called martial arts tricks, which is like, you know what capoeira is? Yeah. So it's like capoeira, but without the dance part. Like, it's just all like the stunts and the like the jumping and the kicking and the flips and stuff like that. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, like capoeira because it always looks like at the beginning because it always starts with a retreat and a bow. So it looks like it's over. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. those guys are going to fight. Oh, no, that one guy's giving up. No, he's, <laughs> he's kicking his ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, You yeah. go low and you step backwards. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was dope. You were doing like, that? I was doing that, but it was like you, you kind of like... You were flipping around? Yeah, yeah. And like you would You're like... You're a tall guy. I know, but I, I did it. I was I think that's little people stuff. It Not is. Little, it know, is little people, but you know, like shorter dudes. My joints are fucked up, man. <laughs> See, I don't got no knees. Come to comedy. We won't mess <laughs> yeah. up the perseness of your lips. We won't hurt your joints. <laughs> you can just be a boring person. You just stand, stand there. So your joints are messed up because you would be the, one of those guys. Yeah, I would do all that stuff. Where? This is South Florida, and well, I was living in Tallahassee, going to school, so I did it up there too. But yeah, South Competitions Florida. Competitions and stuff. I didn't get like that crazy. Like I wasn't like that advanced with it, but. uh some of the guys I used to train with, like, it was a very small community. And some of those dudes who I used to train with are now, like, some of the best people in the world. And, like, every movie I see, like, they, I look at the IMDb and Chris, they're, like, doing the stunts for, like, every fight movie and every, like... No. And it's crazy. Like, everything. Video games, motion capture stuff, all that. And, like, that just seems like an amazing... <laughs> I'd rather do that. If I, I could do that... Like You've been on the cusp of breaking out in so many amazing fields. <laughs> I support your decision to go with comedy, but yeah. I've never known someone that had their pick. <laughs> you could have stayed in the flippy flips. Probably. 
And do you miss the flippy flip? Oh, yeah, man. Because what I like about those interests is they're, they're all these worlds. They're complex. They all have lingo, like yeah, secret yeah, things yeah, that yeah. only you guys know about. Like I got into poker for a time and I was very obsessed with how there's like terms for everything. Sports is that way. I have to imagine that is that mm-hmm. way. And I wanted to be a member to as many secret clubs as I could. Yeah. So you knew like you don't call it a joke. You call it a bit. And you don't listen yeah, to yeah, yeah, that yeah. and jazz and blah, blah, blah. Is that part of it? Yeah. It's all like, yeah, it was kind of a thing where like I did want to just get deep into these worlds or whatever like yeah. that. And I remember like when I first found out about that stuff, I was like, this is the dream. <laughs> You know, as you grow up, you're playing so much Street Fighter. We watching Dragon Ball. You did Tekken? Once I didn't Tek- really do Tekken. Well, Tekken has a, a Capoeira guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Eddie, was it Eddie Corto? Eddie I think it's Eddie Corto. Eddie Corto. No, no. Yeah, it's Eddie, Eddie And Street Fighter had a kind of Capoeira guy. Yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. whose pants said Maximum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Maximum in all caps looks the same both ways. Oh, Boom. snap. Oh, snap. Think about it, because he mm. faces the other way. Yeah. Just a flip image. Mm. Respect. Got- I was really hoping you would say respect to me. Well, I'm sorry. I pointed, but the point was the respect in, in finger form. And then I just said respect because it's a you podcast. You threw respect on respect. your own statement. That's beautiful. But you would play Street Fighter? Yeah, like watch Dragon Ball Z all the time and all that stuff. And then like when I found out about that, I'm like, yo, this is perfect. This is the thing. Because the stuff they do is like, especially like the, like it was early. It's a newer sport. Yeah. And it's like people battle like breakdancing and all that. Really? And so when I started, it was like there wasn't – people weren't doing nearly the crazy shit that they're doing now. And I remember it was, that was the coolest thing about it because it would always be a thing. There was like this one forum we'd all go on and uh, everybody would talk on the forum and be like, oh, so-and-so. So they, they heard of a guy who's able to do this move or whatever. I'm like, that's impossible. What is, what, what is the type of stuff they're doing? Like, how would I describe it? Like, um, it's a bunch of – it's kicks and just flips and stuff like that. Okay. So you'd like, for example, you know what a, a gainer is? No. All right. <laughs> the guile kick. Remember how guile would like yeah. flip with one foot and you know it'd be a kick while he did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do that. Like you'd combo into that from a bunch of kicks and like sweeps and whatever. You're actually doing guile moves? Yeah, and people would do that and they, they'd combo into that. And then so with the guile kick, you can come up and then you can do it kind of off axis. So it's at a 45 degree angle. Yes. And then you spin with it. And so to do the spin, since you're starting upside down, the spin is a 540-degree spin. I'm on Molly. <laughs> so fascinating. Yeah. You've given me the chills a couple times. I'm just like, <laughs> someone does that? <laughs> so you're off-axis? Yeah, it's an off-axis 540-degree spin. But then I remember when I first started, people were just doing that. And then they started, that's called a cork. And then people were starting to do double corks. And I remember people were like, I don't even know you can really do a double cork. People didn't think it was a real thing. Right. And then people were doing that. And then a couple of years later, there's guys doing triple corks now, which everyone thought was impossible. Right. So it's kind of like as the sport's progressing, there's all these things that people talk about right. not being able to That's happen. That's like Louie and, doing a new hour every year. And yeah, then yeah. That, I remember hearing about like the, guy, the first guy that ran a five-minute mile like yeah, that, yeah. that year that he did. Everybody said it was impossible. And the year that he did it, everyone started doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so weird. Once we... As, uh, acknowledge that something's possible, we start doing triple corks. Yeah. It's crazy. But if yeah. you started with a triple cork, it'd be crazy. Exactly. Unless you knew that Eddie from Tekken was, <laughs> was already doing them. And that was the thing. Like, the people started doing street fighter moves and stuff. Like, you know, there's this dude, uh, Danny Graham, and he's one of the guys from South Florida. Yeah. And he's in all these movies and stuff now. He was the first dude to do, like, a hurricane kick, like, uh, from Rio and Kent. Like, the no. one where you jump and you spin with your leg out like that, though. I de- don't stand on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, he did it? He done it. How many revolutions? I think it was like, 
either even if it's half of one, I'm very impressed. I think it was like either seven twenty or ten eighty. Like it's crazy. No it looks way. crazy. No way. <laughs> just, so you started doing this. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there how old are you when you're doing that? I probably started that at like eighteen, nineteen. Okay. So you're yeah. in good shape. You're you're the kind yeah, of like yeah. young rubbery, like you fall and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. But did you hurt yourself? I had, uh, I've never been more 37 in my life. I'm just <laughs> like, that sounds dangerous. I ended up, uh, that's kind of what took me out of it. Like, cause I also, like I said, I like to get into a bunch of different worlds. At one point in high school, I was like trying to do BMX and, uh, I was <laughs> terrible at that. <laughs> I was doing that and I kind of like fucked up my knee while I was doing BMX. Uh-huh. So it was always like a little bit wonky. And then one day, I remember, like, it was the stupidest shit. I should have never done it this way, but, like, <laughs> I'd already worked out. I did a leg day with my friend. Me and my friend did a leg day. And before that, we, were, we had a session, like, in the park, like, just jumping around, throwing shit, <laughs> flips and it. And then we did leg day. You guys and- live like, like henchmen and double dragon. <laughs> like, it's like, well, we were in the park throwing barrels. Yeah. And then we did a leg day. That's the goal, man. That's <laughs> what we're all working towards. We just want to be shirts off, yeah. hanging out, eating ham <laughs> off the ground. So it was we did we had a session and then we did leg day and then we're about to leave the gym and then I think it was like my brother he's my brother's a break dancer and we professional break dancer he yeah he makes money he teaches and stuff like that wow Um, but we see my brother and some other break dancers coming into the gym as we're leaving they're like yo y'all want a session like hell yeah of course but we'd already been doing shit for like four hours right and then today's Kevin would say no we've already done two things yeah we're gonna go play Street Fighter (laughs) yeah. And then, yeah, within like 30 minutes, I ended up, my knee was already messed up from back in the day. Right. It was probably partially torn, and I ended up tearing my ACL like within 30 minutes of that yes. session. And then I kind of like never fully went back into it after that. Session means a workout? Yeah, session is just like, yeah, you, you get together <laughs> and you hang out and throw kicks and jump around and stuff. I can't believe that that's a thing. <laughs> you guys want to kick each other? <laughs> Are we flipping as well? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> It would be some of the most fun I'd ever had, too, whenever we do it. Because you know, you're in a yard, you're playing cool music, yeah. barbecuing and shit. <laughs> but being active. Yeah. You like being active. Yeah, it was, that shit was great. But then did the injury take you to – how did you – I'm very interested. Just being from Florida makes you a celebrity to me. I'm like, how – you and Brian Regan, you know, he's, he was yeah, from yeah. outside of Miami or whatever. I'm very interested, not to put down Florida, but for some reason I'm kind of like, that doesn't seem like – the mecca of comedy, but you yeah. found a way. How did it start for you? I so all right. The first because I was you know I was doing music in high school and college or whatever, and uh, I remember like I started doing like a thing where I would like kind of do a, play like an R and B soul type song on piano, mm-hmm. and I would like sing and tell stories or whatever, and they were funny, uh, like, like a, a little bit like Greg. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. yeah, just like Greg. And it was like I was doing that in high school here and there, like whatever, like I do it at shows and. No, whatever, and it would kill. Yeah, and so I kind of was like, it was in my head from there. Can I interject I and say, there's some? Wouldn't you agree? I'll put it to you that there is something musical about jokes. The pairing yeah. of a piano or or a guitar or whatever with jokes imposes the rhythm of the yeah. instrument onto your. It gives you timing. Yeah, it's one of the reasons we hate. You know, typically non musical comedians hate musical comedians is because it's it's a it's not a crutch, but it is a little bit of a. Adopting, you're adopting yeah, yeah, yeah. a rhythm instead of making one out of nothing. Yeah, but still, it's a great way to kind of experiment. Like a lot yeah. of great people and start, start that yeah. way. And so that's how I was doing that. And then I kind of like didn't really think about doing stand up because I wasn't a, stand- a fan 
of stand-up growing up at all. Right. Like, I didn't like most of it, like what I'd seen. Still don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is. True. I'm not even shitting. It's not yeah. like I have some secret that I hate the people that we know and love. I love those people, but you mm. still watch a lot of stand-up, and you're like, yeah, just, uh, yeah. It's also personal. It reminds you of when you were terrible. You know, yeah, you see yeah, someone yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. like doing it badly, yeah. and you start fixing it in your head. This is this is <laughs> I the do axe. That all the time. Yeah. This is the axe. Yeah. I'm like, here's how that joke goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like sometimes people, very nice Facebook, whatever, will send me a clip. Here's my first time on stage, and you can't help but watch it and go. Here's here's how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like your teacher. Why are you doing it that way? (laughs) People are dying, (laughs) and not the audience. You literally would say people are dying. People are dying. It's funny. So sorry. Keep going. So yeah. So I did. That was in high school. It would do that, and then I got to college, and there was a comedian coming in town, and I never thought about doing stand up, but he was a guy who was like a household name in colleges. I guess he's just very good at promoting and all that. And so everybody knew who he was. And this is like before YouTube and shit. So no, most people hadn't seen his stand-up. But yeah. everybody knew who he was. And we're like, oh, this guy is coming to our school. The evolution of Dance Man is coming to our school. <laughs> yeah. Pre and- that video, he could do it anywhere. <laughs> it would crush. Yeah. Now they've seen it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we're like, oh, let's check out his, his website and they see what his, what his shit's about. <laughs> and we went to his site and we're like, yo, this... This dude stinks, <laughs> and he's getting all his money. We should be getting his money. Buddy, isn't <laughs> that how so many careers in the arts start? Yeah. That's why I always tell people, go to an open mic, go to a comedy show. You'll yeah, see yeah. people that you're like, I think I could do better than this person. Yeah, Just exactly even if it's it somewhere down in a preposterous part of your brain, yeah. you might be right. Yeah. And you were like, this guy stinks. And he's we're like, this money. guy stinks and he's making all his money. Yeah. And then we went and did a set the next night. You did? Yeah. Wait, you watched him that night? I watched him. I went on his, his site and I watched Oh, it. you didn't go to the show? I went to the show. And, okay. And, then and then- that, was, that was, was actually was cool because the school used to do a thing where they'd kind of like let a few of the kids go up before the show. And uh, I actually went up on that show. You did? Yeah. You, like, wrote stuff and just I, went I, up that night? I wrote stuff and went up. I don't was think it, it was the same the night. I think it was, like, or, the next night. Do you write about the school or you write about... I'm trying to remember what I... My first stuff... I know I, like, talked a lot about, like... Pussy. We talked <laughs> pussy and periods. But I also would, like, just talk about, like, ninjas and, like, you know, weird music stuff. And then, like... I think every comedian at the beginning is, like, no one's talking about ninjas. Yeah. When really... Everyone's Everybody. talking about it. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. your first year, yeah. you will have a ninja bed. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, and I did it. And uh, <laughs> Do did you it remember first. it? I don't remember what the, the exact set. I just know that it was kind of like about that type of stuff. Right, right, right. And uh, it went well, the, the first one. And I love the college story. I, a lot of people were this way, where the first places they went up, I'm, I'm one of those people, was at college. Yeah. Like, I don't remember... of what I learned in college, you know what I mean? Retained or books or anything. There are a couple standout professors, but a lot of it was just like, it's this smaller version of the world and you could go up at a, at the coffee shop or whatever, or in the, in my school, it was the chapel and you do stand up and you're like, that was okay. But you are a little bit of a celebrity just because they know you, you're Kevin. And I saw you in class. Oh, and And there he is on stage. (laughs) And that's your credit. You've seen him in English. Yeah. Well, and maybe even more. Actually, yeah, this one's more horrifying than the, than that bombing story I told you before. Oh boy! So the first like year or so I was doing it, like most of my sets were like they're going well, and I was like, oh wow, this is. I guess I I, I was afraid to tell friends to come see me. Yeah. But I ended up finally having the confidence to be like, okay, I'm going to tell my friends to come watch me go up. 
The worst. So I invite all my friends to this show. I'm feeling a little ill right now. I really am. <laughs> I just yeah. knee jerk. I feel ill. I, I invite <laughs> all my friends to come to this show, not knowing that it was uh, an Apollo show. Oh, no. And uh, I'm going up first, and then the guy's like, all right, y'all, keep in mind, all right? Keep in mind, if you don't like what these people talk about on stage, you can boo them. Remember that. Remember that. You can boo these people if you don't like what they talk about on stage. All right, welcome up. I thought you were going to say the opposite. Like, he's like, give him a chance. No. He reminded them. Yeah. Remember. Remember. He puts up a banner. Heckling is an option. You can. Remember, you can boo these people off stage. Yeah. And so I go up. All my friends are there. And uh, it's FSU. It's the entire black population of the school. Yes. There's many, you know, the school is probably like 15% black, but all of them were at the show. Oh, God. And uh, just go up. Goes terribly. They boo me off stage, right? Oh, no. All my friends see this. I walk backstage. The I'm show sure. is going on. Everybody else is just killing on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then the host is back there backstage with me. I'm just kind of sulking. He's like, listen, man, you know, I feel like that was my fault. I feel like I told those people yes. they could boo you right him. before you went up. He did. And I feel like if you went back up on that stage again, you would kill. You want to go back up there? And I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. That's Don't a great idea. Don't tell me and this story. Please stop this story. Stage. Please stop this And story. got booed off stage again. Twice in one night, man. I just, it's again. It's like those restaurants where they serve you a tiny little plate and it just looks like a scallop, but then you eat yeah. it and it tastes like a Thanksgiving dinner. That's what <laughs> these stories are. They're, they're short, but they're just everything. Yeah. I can't believe you went back up. I went back up. Because I, could, I don't think either of us would be comfortable doing that now. No, definitely You not. don't go back. It's a horrible... Unless you know. it's in... You know, like if you put on a blonde wig and like pretended yeah. to be a different person, maybe. You, did you they already the, hate your soul. Yeah. Your soul they hate. It's total uh, fight or flight. It's total. It's there's something kind of tribal about it, where it's like you've already shown that you are a limp dick yeah. ninny. Yeah. You can't hunt. You can't fuck. Get out of here. Yeah. And that's the boo, and that feels good for the for the pack. You know, the audience yeah. becomes this thing that's like, fuck you. You can't come back. I came back with man. your same self whittled knife and be like, hey, maybe I can get it. <laughs> Yo, you suck. Get Horrible idea. Well, how long did you make it both times? The first time, maybe like three, four minutes. The second time, probably about 90 seconds. They were probably happy to see you come back. Oh, yeah. They tore that me they apart, man. They you again. And, and so since it was a thing on campus. I really feel sick. Yeah. For like, <laughs> for like months after that, I like be in the library trying to study or something. And people come up like, hey, man, you uh, aren't you a comedian? And you can see him kind of like snickering. And I'm oh, like, no, no, nah, nah, that's not. No, that's what? Oh, I just denied hide. it. Yeah, you had to hide. People would just be laughing at me as I'm walking around campus. Oh and my god, coming up to me in a library. See the opposite of that. Did you ever do well at your school? You had yeah, to, yeah, you yeah, turn yeah. it around. I had to turn it around, but like that first, that yeah. one was, and that well, was the was first the ne- one my friends came to see. What was the next one? How did you redeem yourself? What was the next? One? I don't know. It's got to be hard to be like you just got boot twice. A lot of people would yeah. just quit. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, you want to hear how I quit stand-up story. Yeah. Not talking to a stand-up <laughs> all these years later. Yeah, somehow I stayed, I just kept doing it. But what is that? 
I mean, where did you? I, I, I guess we could call that grit or something. But yeah. most people would be like, "I'll try stand up." Is it because you could feel that that's what you really, really wanted to do? You I, thought you might be really good at it. I think that probably the reason why I, I kept going was just because all my friends were there, and there was this thing in my head like, "I can't have them think of me like this." Yeah, like they have to know that I'm I'm okay at this. That's right. You know? Yeah. And I know. Just, I, it's funny that you, that is such an interesting thing. The accountability. I tend I tend to hate that word because I grew up Christian, but the accountability of your friends and the healthy amount of I can't have them think of me that way yeah. has carried me through a lot of things. Yeah, like I would always uh, surf another world that I got into all the lingo and all that stuff with my friend Rob on the weekends, and I, that's when I was doing the talk show. And the number of times that I was like, I can't tell Rob on Saturday that I had a bad show on Friday doing the talk show would carry me through. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's just like, nope, that's not how, that's not how we're going down. Yeah. It's just like you get, it's like infuriate. Yeah. It's like, I can't have these people. Public shame. Yeah. It's like Japan style. Yeah. It's like a shame society style. You're like, I got to do better than that. Yeah. But you could have quit. I could have quit. Everyone would have understood. <laughs> yeah. He bombed twice. Yeah. A week. One show. In one show. Boot off stage. That's the worst thing that can happen. (laughs) You are now invincible. Boot off stage twice in one show. Nothing can happen. So what was the first break that got you out of Tallahassee? That got me out of Tallahassee? Or did you just leave? You just left. (laughs) Oh, I graduated. (laughs) I graduated college, and then I went home for like two months, and I moved up here. So what motive? You just knew you wanted to do stand-up? I had seen, you know, like, I just, like, I knew, like, yeah, I I was getting, like, decent at, like, I would do the shows, and... And Tallahassee, they'd all like go. You'd be the best guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd always go great. (laughs) uh, I don't think we should ever stop being happy. Sometimes you can be in a city and you're like, I was the best person on that show. (laughs) It was dope. At least, at least, if not, you know, like, you don't want to say the best, but like, I felt like with me, when I look at comedy, you know, I was saying like a lot of comedians are boring. Like, I feel like to me, (laughs) it's better to be interesting than it is to be funny. That's so funny. Like, just being interesting, I think, is, like, the main thing to me. Yeah. Because just having a different perspective and a different... And that was the thing. I was like, I, I'm i just different than a lot of these people. That's so interesting. And I was like, you know, I was like, I can... Because they felt like comedian. They, like, they're jokey-jokey comedians. They get comedian like, voice. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like... And then, but there was a few. There was a few guys I really liked. I'm not going to say, like, everybody was... Sure. But there was a few guys I really liked. But it was just, like, a thing where I was like, oh, I'm, I have, like, a little bit of a different vibe. And leaning into that. Yeah. It took me. It took me an embarrassingly, embarrassingly long amount of time. I guess I shouldn't be embarrassed. It's hard to do to figure out what's different about you, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh my God, it's this!" And then you lean into it instead of trying to lean into yeah, your yeah, idea yeah. of what a comedian's supposed to be. And that's what I see when I watch you stand up. And I remember Eugene uh, Merman uh, telling me about you, and then you like he and he, he actually yeah he you. was a big reason why I uh, moved to New York actually because like you know the school would let us go up before. A comedian came in my last year. He was there. Oh, wow. And uh, I did. I actually just opened for him. They made me do like 20 minutes before he went up or whatever. And uh, after the show, I was talking to him. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe I should try and do this or whatever. And he's like, he was, I was talking about like New York. He's like, oh, you just got to move. And I'm like, all right. Well, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, you can't wait on this, this and that or think that something's going to happen. You kind of should just go. That's right. Yeah. That's what a life changer. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and then you did, and now it's interesting to think like if your destination is to just destroy, you might actually start doing bad shit. Isn't that like what you're talking about? Being interesting and being true to yourself is so much more valuable. But it's a 
a scarier choice yeah. to go, I'm going to lean this way. If you lean, like, that's where you stay talking about pussies and periods. Yeah. Like, you can. Yeah. And if you are just utilitarian about your comedy, if you're just protecting your neck and not wanting to bomb, you will become a very successful hack. Yeah. And you will go nowhere. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. why, think about like Ron Funches. I, I've been going, he's been Instagramming a lot lately, so he's kind of in my brain. <laughs> Ron is the type of guy that would go up and eat shit. I'm not saying that, I've never seen him eat shit. Yeah. I'm imagining a hypothetical situation where it's a bad audience, and if you go up and talk about pussies and periods, you'll do well. Now, I think Ron can kill anywhere. I'm just oh, saying yeah. he's so unique and quiet and slow, and he's figured out who he is to such a degree yeah. that it's a little bit vulnerable. It's a compliment yeah. if I say I could see you bombing. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're just yeah. indestructible, what the fuck you want from my life? Yeah, you're yeah, nothing yeah, to yeah. me. The artist is supposed to be bleeding a little bit, yeah. and that's what you see in Ron, and that's what you see in those. That's what you absolutely see in Eugene. I mean, for yeah, sure, yeah, definitely a guy that's just like, no, I'm just going to keep boiling down who I am, yeah. and serving it in stronger and stronger doses. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's a process. You, yeah, you figure it out as you go. Even more so, you mind what you are and shit. But right. And then yeah. they get so excited. That's that Bill Hicks quote. He says, like, be yourself if you're yourself. No one can be you as well as you can be you. It kind of sounds mm-hmm. like a Dr. Seuss quote, to be honest. He's like, so if you're 100% you, no one will be like you. And only you can be you as well as you can be you. So yeah. you'll have supply and demand covered. It's like only Kevin Barnett can do Kevin Barnett yeah. perfectly. Only Ron can do Ron perfectly. Yeah. And then you start seeing people that are ripping off these people. And you're like, hey, but if you're just being John Mulaney, yeah. No one else can do it just like that. Yeah. Just that process of focusing and focusing. Yeah. How did, what were your parents like? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did your parents do? I'm interested in people's parents. Well, my, um, you know, they're Jamaican. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a first generation. They're first American. generation Jamaican. Like I was born here. They were born in Jamaica. They like, came they, that's right. They're the yeah. first ones to come here. Oh, that's interesting. I always yeah. call my mother first generation Lithuanian, but she was born there. Yeah. So you're first generation. I'm first generation. Yeah. What? Yeah, I just found out I'm first. Gen- yeah, so I guess you say <laughs> you would say first generation American, not first generation. Lithuanian, right. But I, I always get confused on how to say it. But yeah, you're. But they're from Jamaica. Yeah, they're from Jamaica, <laughs> and just very like old school, you know, Jamaican like conservative. Just like my mom, kind of like that's dis- like that. Eric, you wrote on Eric Andre, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he loves making jokes about how like homophobic. Oh, they're so homophobic. <laughs> man. They are. A perfect example, like, I was, like, um, it was uh, a couple years ago, I was going to my cousin's graduation in D.C., yeah. and then Jermaine was catching a bus with me because his mom was getting married. And his Jermaine mom, Fowler? Fowler, yeah. yeah. Jermaine, and his mom was getting married to a woman. And I remember, like, uh, you know, we're on, a, we're, on, we're on a bus, and then my mom calls me, and Jermaine has my phone, so he answers it. And my mom was like, and when he has the phone back, she's like, well, who was that with you on the bus? I'm like, oh, my friend Jermaine. He's like, oh, cool. And, What's he doing coming to D.C.? I'm like, oh, he's, he's coming because his mom is getting married. She's like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. And like, just to test my mom, I was like, uh, you know, she's getting married <laughs> to a woman. She would do. Yeah. And she fucking dog. lost it. And we, In and, what way? Like, like she's angry? Screaming. Yeah. Like, no. I, get, I, get to the, I get to the house and my aunts are sitting there like, we need to talk about this. And this is like, why are you? You know, like it's. They're it, forming a posse to stop yeah, a they, lesbian wedding. They're like, this isn't right. And they, you know, that type of thing. And, and then I feel like they've softened on all that. You know, I feel like sure. as time goes, people are less. But like, you know, like they're like, oh, this is that. This is it's not right. And I can't believe he's supporting that and all this. And Where like, does uh. that come from? Like, it doesn't make. I think that's why it seems funny to me that when you think of Jamaica, you think of like white sandy beaches and red yeah. stripe and weed <laughs> and t- uh, steel drums 
and yeah. people just being like, just love each other. But it's really weird to think of someone listening to Bob Marley and being like, don't love a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's songs that were like hits here that were just about burning gay people. Like, really? Yeah. Like what? Um, what's the song? Don't tell uh, me lively up yourself. It's not, <laughs> no, it's no, no. homophobia. No, there's one song. Like, I can't think of the name of the song, but... Uh, but uh, it was huge, I remember, like, in the 90s here. And so it we was, just didn't know what we were saying. You didn't know what you were Yeah, so Chichiman is what they call a gay person in Jamaica. Chichiman or, or Bati Boy. And, uh, oh, boy. They, yeah, so there's a song where, which was huge like, right. in the chorus. More phrases I have to drop out while singing along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the chorus was, Me no one, no Chichiman, them. And then get the fire, make we burn them. Like, it's about burning them. Oh, but shit. people didn't know. And people would just be singing that, not knowing what that. It's like a, there's still a pop song from the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> oh my God, I don't want to sing along to yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was huge. But where does it come from culturally? Like, I don't I have it doesn't, no idea. It doesn't go in line. Like, it had to have been inherited or yeah. somehow the, the water source got contaminated <laughs> with this very specific type of poison. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. But Jamaica is also, like, very violent. Like, it's just, like, Kingston is, like, rough. Right. It's, like, crazy rough Kingston. Like, it's more violent than probably any city in the U.S. Really? Yeah. They just... What is it? What it's, type of crime is it? Is it... People murder. Just people murdering. People. And you can, like, get away with... Like, you know, Jamaica, you can shoot somebody and just run up into the mountains and probably be fine. <laughs> you know? It's the heyday for murder. Yeah. Like... Yeah, no yeah. forensics. This is great. It's back. It's old school. People die over goats over that man. Just, really? Yeah. This is sad. It's also just goats are just in the street everywhere. <laughs> you get chased by goats every day when you're out there. You do not get, <laughs> you get chased by goats. Have you been? I've been chased by a goat in Kingston. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is not what the ad campaigns have told me about Jamaica. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. Like, everybody's like, oh, Jamaica, that's so cool and everything. Right. I go to Jamaica all the time. I hate Jamaica. <laughs> my experience, you know, people think about Jamaica as like you're in the mountains and you're in the, yeah. the rivers and the beach and all yeah. that. I think of Jamaica as like, I'm at my auntie's house. It's hot. They only got one fan in the whole place. Yeah. No air conditioning. Yeah. Don't got enough food. There's goats running all over the place. <laughs> Chasing me. Oh, God. I, I, that's herds of goats loose yeah. loose goats is yeah. not a good tourist destination just goats and dogs why you go to street. visit your family i visit my family yeah. and what is your your both of your parents are from there and mm-hmm. what are they like what do, what do they think of your weird life i mean you live in new york you're my, a comedy writer you do stand up yeah what do they do my dad you know he was always he was always very supportive of it and stuff it seemed like i mean because i guess he saw me early on like in tallahassee Really? And um, yeah, I did the show. I was like opening for David Allen Greer or something. He was like a huge David Allen Greer fan. And ah, that's great. Yeah, that's so the shortcut to a dad. Yeah, open yeah. for somebody that he understands. Give him a point of reference. Yeah, he drove up all the way to Tallahassee. It's like a six-hour drive, and he came and yes, and he saw it, and he was like really happy. That's amazing. And the show went well. So he's been supportive of it since then. And that was probably like two years before I moved if to If he York. came to that Apollo show, <laughs> he'd be like, this isn't for you. No, not at all. But my mom, she it, It's a she weird thing for it. a parent to say to go like, please go back to jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can make it in comedy. Please yeah. go back to jazz. I think there's more of a future for you there. But my mom was like that because my mom, she figured like I did music, I could be 
a professor or something like that. Yeah. So she saw that. She was like, that was fun. There is and, a dignity to it. I mean, the saxophone yeah. is very shiny and bronze. It, are, it looks like you won an award <laughs> just when you're playing yeah. at a show. And a stand-up is just a guy bullshitting. You're just standing there, boring the shit out of these people. They're all bored. <laughs> and you're so bad. Every time I had a stand-up show, I'm like, why did y'all come? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my just... God. I think every comedian that I know feels the same way. Yeah. We look out at the audience, and you're like, what? Yeah. What is here? Why are you It here? doesn't make any sense. Well, we're glad you're here. Yeah. But I, I have a hard time leaving my house. It's so hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, your mom saw that, and, and did she wanted you to stay a professorial path yeah like she thought i was gonna go that and then like you know my whole family on my mom's side they're all like doctors and nurses oh, wow. and so you know i went to you know middle school high school first couple years of college i was all music I went to art schools and then i went to music i was a jazz major but then i switched like my third year i ended up going into pre-physical therapy because i figured i could just do that to have something like sure for real You're like i'm hurting cool. myself doing triple yeah exactly <laughs> it literally was i was like i got hurt a lot and yeah. i was like i should learn I'm on a bike, I'm hurt, I'm flipping, I'm hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was happy about that. And then I graduated and didn't apply to physical therapy school and just moved to New York. And my mom lost it. And you went, Eugene told me to do that. (laughs) She's like, I I don't know Eugene Murphy. She she lost it, man. Which so she yelled at you. She cursed me out. She like she She cursed you out? She threatened to disown me and then kind of did for like a week and it took me back, but what? She was. She, is there a ceremony for that? No, nah, she was just like, is there paperwork? You are not my son. I disown you. She's like, if you go to New York, I'm going to disown you. And because she I thought, did. I have to think deep down, she thought you were going to run yourself ragged. Yeah. Like you would have no money. You yeah. would have no food. You'd be in danger. Yeah. And you'd, uh, who knows? And she also pictures comedians as a bunch of, like, she, she would always use the word slackness. <laughs> slackness? Slackness out there. Which was like, we're doing drugs and drinking a and bunch of bums. being around a bunch of, you know, promiscuous and shit. I, as you're saying this, I can't believe my mother, her love of me transcended her love of like ethical purity, religious. Like she never was like, don't stay away from drugs and loose women. Yeah. <laughs> she was just kind of like, oh, my, my PD has an interest. <laughs> and so here's your mom. My mom. It took her a, a beat. Yeah. It took her a minute, and now, and what turned her? David Allen Greer? No, like because that, that was before I even got to New York. She was, she just hated, and literally while I was like going through like open mics and like you know you just broke and doing shit, she would like call me and just be like, just curse me out and be like, I need to go back to school and blah. blah. Like she was like, what attacking me kind of about it? Like, just, what does it sound like when your mom is cursing you out? How hard is she going? There's a bunch of Jamaican yelling. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just the accent's heavy. <laughs> you know, but, and would that be hard for you? Or yeah, it was. You... It was tough, but you know, her heart was in the right place. She's like, she didn't. She was worried about. She me. cared about you. She she was just basically, like, you know, trying to like, come on, like, what do you? But are you a, not a people say mama's boy? But was it hard for you to be like, no, I'm doing this? Would you hang up the phone and feel sad and yeah, yeah, kinda, question it? And it was did you ever think about going back? And yeah, quitting? yeah, all the time. Really? Yeah, but uh, that was the thing. What one of the things too? Like I remember my grandmother. I didn't really know my grandmother all that well like i knew her but like we had a huge family she had my grandmother had 12 kids yeah and they all got three kids and then some of those kids have kids it was a giant family on my mom's side but i always looked at my grandmother as like very strict mm-hmm. and i thought she'd be way more in line with what my mom was saying i remember one time we were just you know before i moved and then you know she knew that my mom was like yelling at me about like thinking even considering it because mm-hmm. even while i was just doing comedy casually in college 
my mom used to always yell at me and say she didn't send me to college to be no damn comedian, ah. that type of thing. And uh, it was just, I was just really surprised because I was talking to my grandmother about it. And she was just like, well, you have to understand at a certain point, it's not her life, it's yours. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, this is, your I would have never expected that. that from her. You, your mom got lapped by the older generation. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It's crazy. That's great. Yeah. So she supported yeah, and yeah, carried yeah. you through that yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But mostly it was you going, there had to be you being like, no. And now what does she think? I, 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 this has to have a happy ending. Yeah, no, now it's fine. You know, which is, but it's weird, though, because she, I guess she hasn't done it in a while. But yeah. there was a while where she'd kind of call and still yell about, like when I was doing well, like call and still yell about how I need to go back to school really? and all that. And like, you know, like entertainment is temporary and all that stuff. She would yell at me about going back to school. But then at the end of the call, ask me, if I could send my brothers some money. <laughs> because, ah. Like, they're still going there in school still. But it's interesting, though. Everything is temporary, right? It's yeah. that sort of, like, I'd rather be a failure at what I love kind of idea. Yeah. It's like people that have jobs. I remember this clicked for me late in life. I was like, dentists are also worried about yeah. stability. You know what yeah. I mean? They might have a healthy, thriving practice, just like a comedian might have, like, a fat year. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, man, I did this, I did this, I did this. Cool. Dentists are also sometimes coasting on 2007's earnings yeah. and worrying that people aren't eating as much sugar as they used to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like it's all the same. Right. You know? It is all the same. The idea that there's a job for you that you can just kind of be plumped in and, and not worry for the rest of your life, mm. I don't know if that really exists. Although the union guys on my show seem to think like that's the life. You're in it and you work yeah, and you yeah, get yeah. a lot of money and stuff. So I understand that there might be things that are more secure than comedy, but even then, yeah, there's always really. something that yeah. can take you out of it. Yeah, that I remember in Office Space they're talking about. Can you imagine if we're doing this when we're <laughs> when we're seventy or whatever? And, and then yeah. that one of the guys goes, "Can you imagine having that job security? Like he, he yeah, wishes yeah, yeah. he could know." Yeah. But here you are doing it, and then yeah. so. You got over the mom and the grandma and all that stuff. And then how did you get your like, first writing gig? I think that's one of those questions that people... I, I never tire of hearing that story. Yeah. I think it was... Uh, the first thing I did, I, I wrote on Guy Code for... I think I came in to write on the second season or whatever. Right. And that How'd went, that happen? I think it just went from like an audition. Like I went to the audition and... The performer they, window. You came yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I came into audition and I was kind of doing a character because I thought that's what, you know, this was before the show aired. I figured they wanted like, so I was just kind of doing a character and it was like funny, but it wasn't like they didn't want that at all. Right. But then they ended up just asking if I wanted to write. Right. I was like, oh, cool. So you got the audition because you were doing Santa Brando. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd done like those MTV showcases and all that stuff. Right. And then I kind of say, yeah, from there I ended up working on a bunch of MTV stuff. Like they just kept throwing me into different things. And some things where I'd be, like, the only writer on it. Really? Shit, which is cool, yeah. Oh. But it was also terrifying because, you know, you have that thing where, like, they're going to figure out. I don't know what I'm – Yeah. I have I'm any a, idea what I'm doing. I'm a fraud. Yeah. yeah. We all think we're frauds. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, there'd be things I'd be the only writer on. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Right. And, but, you know. But then that parlayed into other things. Yeah, it just kept going, like – Because you didn't suck. Yeah, I guess it – yeah. They went – things went well, and I kind of just ended up writing on a bunch of, you know – just kept moving and and doing more and more. Which is yeah. great. and you like writing or are, what is what is your dream? What is the goal? I guess I like talking about it because here we are talking to Kevin Barnett. I, I always remind myself I'm talking to Kevin Barnett in 2016. It's so exciting to think of 
people might be listening to this in five years yeah. or two years. Who knows? And like you're this huge guy, and I get you now. Well, not to say you're not huge. I'm just saying I get you now, and we get to hear what you think today, where things are going. Yeah, yeah. You could really nail it right now <laughs> <laughs> and predict where things are heading. I mean, imagine if yeah, you're like, yeah. well, I see it going this way or this way. Yeah. Or do you want to keep writing? Do you want to write for yourself? Is it movies? Yeah. Is it TV? Do you want to act? Yeah, I guess, yeah, writing movies and, like, just being in, writing and being in movies. But I don't want to, like, I don't think I want to, like, star in, in like, a movie or anything like that. Like, That's not, you're not pulled in that? Nah, I feel like someone like, like Craig, Craig Robinson, the way his thing goes, where he's just, like, he's in a bunch of stuff and people, like, know who he is. Right. But, like, he's just, like, everything in he's in, he's so good in. Yes. He's just so funny he in He crushes it. it. That's and, the Will Ferrell model, too. Yeah. It's, like, you don't go out for, you don't do... You're not going for like a one-handed, I don't know the term, where you're the star. It's like, yeah, all yeah. about Joey. And yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. the show Joey. But <laughs> Will Ferrell and Craig did these like, they're not bit parts, but they're not the starring roles. Yeah. And then they crush it. Yeah. And then they're like, I think we can give this guy Elf. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, it's like a type of fame, too, where he's like, he's famous and people like know who he is and everything. But it's not like he can't like right. go anywhere. Right, right, right. You know? Craig can go to Starbucks. Yeah. He'll be bothered. He'll, bo- he'll be bothered, He'll be bothered. But it won't be like, you know. It won't be crazy. It's, it's not, not like Johnny Depp. Or- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like that we just got a good glimpse of yeah, who yeah. both of us are. I said Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Depp, Depp and you said Kanye. Kanye. Oh boy. Yeah. I went with Jay Depp. Johnny Depp is great though. Good at good. I, I, I can't Johnny picture Depp. Johnny Depp doing anything. Yeah. I can't see him yeah, doing just his day to day. That dude postmates everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to hire someone to answer the door. Yeah. He hires a second postmate to open the door for the postmate. He's just lying down the whole time. He's just lying down all day. Just drying on vests. Yeah. <laughs> and what about uh, uh, religion and stuff? That I don't know if you're familiar with this podcast. Mm. It's, it's really – I'm interested in how you were raised but also what you make of life. I think mm-hmm. it's weird – that we're in this thing and there's color and light and sound and we yeah. can talk and we can do backflips and we can do comedy and we can play music. How fucking yeah, yeah. transcendent and weird that is. Wow. And we all act like it's very normal, but I'm one of those people that's like, what is it? How are you interpreting this? When you wake yeah. up and you're like this again, <laughs> what is this? What's going on? I don't know. I used to be very religious like growing up. Like, is that right? Yeah, I was one of those like, you know, I went to church camp. What would do so Christian or it was Baptist Baptist okay yeah yeah and then we kind of went non-denominational after that because the baptism shit is really intense yeah 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 but it was like a whole bunch of like you know you go to church camp and like you try trying to get the Holy Ghost you know? yeah that was, I was trying so hard to get the Holy Baptists Ghost feel it yeah Baptists aren't the people that you're like why are these people saying you know the glory and light of God forever in like a monotone Baptists yeah, are yeah. going for it yeah they want to merge and feel the spirit yeah and you were trying to do that. I was trying to that's like that's the type of shit where you're like praying for an hour and you're crying and all yeah. that and just but i was just trying to get the holy ghost and i could you wanted to speak in tongues i wanted to speak in tongues yeah you know and i would see a few people that that got it and i'm like man how did they yeah and you're just trying to get the you're trying to get to speak in tongues i never got to speak right in tongues. you know what it, i think i i'm the same way i used to pray to yeah. speak in tongues and i would be really worried that you would go to hell if you didn't speak in tongues exactly it was a sign that yeah. you didn't have the spirit but i wouldn't fake it yeah. And now I'm like, you can, like, there are other, there are non-religious people that talk about the phenomena of speaking in what we would call speaking in tongues. Terrence McKenna is one of those people. And part of it is just jumping in and doing it. It's, yeah. it's not like, I don't, it's like, I could never get there though. I would never just like fake it yeah. and then like get into a rhythm. And then at some point, maybe I really am 
quote unquote doing it. Yeah. But I would just be the person that's like, if it doesn't come as involuntarily as a sneeze, I'm not <laughs> going to do it. Yeah. But now looking back, I'm not trying to discredit people. I think a lot of the people that that I knew that would speak in tongues just had the confidence to be like, <laughs> and then maybe they got yeah, into a nice yeah, rhythm. Yeah. yeah. I should have bought a Hyundai. I just couldn't. Yeah, I try. I was the same way. Like, I'm not going to fake it. Like, it. I feel like it's got to be. Because we wanted come. proof. We yeah. wanted it to be real. I'm not yeah. saying that there aren't people that have involuntary tongue sessions, but I wasn't going to fake it because that to me was proof of God. That was me. It was yep. proof of my salvation. Yeah. And I wasn't going to trick myself into thinking that I could do it. Yeah. And that was you? Exactly the same. Like, I just didn't want to fake it, and I figured yeah. it was the same thing. This is proof. Yeah. Like, once you can get that, that's proof. Yeah. Plus, it felt like such a big sin to fake it, I feel like. That's right. You know? Who are you lying to? Exactly. I'd be alone in my bedroom, and I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Nah, he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God knows. God always knows, what? man. It's a type of... I don't want to say... It, it's, 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 it's hard, to think that you're going to die and you're going to go a certain place and you either have the spirit or you don't. Yeah. And there's the book of Acts and all the stories about tongues and yeah, handling yeah. snakes and stuff. And to be excluded from that is a, is a, it's a pretty shitty feeling. That's what you're yeah. talking about, crying, right? Yeah, I mean, you it was emotion. crying, yeah. Because this is the worst thing. It meant everything to try to get that. Like, that was all you cared about right. at a certain point. Right. You just didn't happen. get it. And the, did you, I just gave up at a certain point. Yeah, I guess. kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Went at it so hard, man. It no was more all tongues. I cared about. Just, just gave up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, uh, then where did you go? Did your faith deteriorate? Or what, what started not deteriorating? I'm just, what changed it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, got, I was so intense into it. And then I kind of just... And by the way, sorry. You said Baptists are more intense than non-denominal. Yeah. What do you mean? You know, it was just like the Baptists, they believe like it's very few people getting into heaven. Yeah. And you absolutely have to have the Holy Ghost and be speaking in tongues and like be pure from the moment you get it till you die. Oh, boy. And it was it was just hard. It's just hard. I'll like, throw uh, another word. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah, this I, is where we get pastors eating ass and shit with. Yeah. Prostitutes yeah. Yeah. And all the all. It, it's not good. Yeah, and it was like we had this dude, the the pastor, Pastor Felt was his name. And, you know, white Felt? dude, Felt, yeah. He sounded like, you know, like Sam Kennison or something. Like, you know, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's sure. screaming and he's just sweating the whole time and oh all that. Oh, my God. But it was intense. It was scary. Every service was scary because it's just like, man, I'm going to die and I ain't get this Holy Ghost yet. So you just on this quest. It's the commodity, commoditization of this like very mysterious thing, turning yeah. it into Coca Cola, basically. Yeah. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't have it, you need to do this, and then maybe you'll get it. And when you yeah. get it, you'll know you'll have it because it's like drinking a can of Coke. It's that's concrete. Yeah, yeah. And you're either talking in tongues or you're not. Yeah. You're either driving a Tesla or you're not. There's no. Yeah. It, it it turns a mystery into a, a box that you tick, and and that's a very scary feel. It was terrifying, and it was just like yelling at you. he's yelling, and he's just <laughs> he's so demanding. Like you know, you weren't supposed to. Everything was supposed to go to the church. You weren't supposed to have nice furniture. Yes, like like you go to his house, the dude bare, like it was barren. Wow, it's just like you're supposed to have nothing. You're not supposed to dress nice. You're not supposed to have good furniture, good TV, none yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. All of it goes to the church. Supposed to be home. It was just so. It was a lot. That sounds so scary to me. Yeah. It's so scary. Yeah. And, it's, and there you are, a kid. You're not 
an, an older preacher screaming that's had a life yeah. and experiences. I remember that feeling of like, don't impose your middle-aged turn of faith yeah, onto yeah, me. Yeah. I'm blindingly horny. I've never <laughs> known what it's like to have $50. Yeah. And you're up there telling me I have to give everything to the church. That's your trip, yeah. dude. Yeah, no, I'm exactly. 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm hard right now. <laughs> like Just because that's how my dick is most of the time. And yeah. you're up there telling me about penance and going to hell. It's tough, man. It is tough. It's- it, looking back, too, like if you think about, like I remember like uh, youth service and the stuff that those guys would say. You got to remember, it's like people who are teaching who are teaching youth service or like the pastor, they're just, it's just a dude. That's what I mean. It's just a dude who's just yelling about this stuff that he read some stuff. He's like, let me go yell at this. And yell he's working this. out his own yeah. shit. And they would say crazy stuff. But looking back, I remember like we're sitting there in the youth service and like, it's like 30 kids in there and the guy's like, now nah, look around this room, okay? You know, half of y'all ain't going to make it past 16. We're like, what? No, that's. they would say stuff and you would think and you'd look around the room and be like half of us and you would take it completely of course you would because you're like eight and you're like oh my god because they're giants yeah their femurs are fully grown yeah they have double chins and they're balding and you're like this guy's seen some shit exactly but they there's there's this type of liberation that comes in realizing that everybody everybody that wrote the bible everybody that wrote down what buddha said everybody that blah 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 was as you said is just a person just a dude. working right. out their Take. thing. Yeah. And how can you have such ownership over infinite mystery? Except if you start swallowing some of those harder to swallow pills like divine inspiration and that stopped. Yeah. Like the Bible was written at a period where God was speaking directly to people. That mm-hmm. period is now over. Well, hold on, follow-up question. No follow-up questions. Yeah. Just believe this book, let's be fundamental. This is the truth, and that's the truth. Instead of merging with it, and now I'm sounding like a hippie, as you, Kevin, your experience, you, Kevin, when you were 16, you, Kevin, is 20, 29. Yep. Now, your thing, you're working out your own stuff, and don't impose that shit on other yeah. people. Yeah. We're not going around telling other people to find truth by doing stand-up or capoeira or whatever. Yeah. That's fucking preposterous. So it's, some sweaty fat guy yelling, saying, you've got to do it the way he's doing it. Exactly. And I'm like, you don't seem... I don't know this guy, Mr. Felt, but I'm like, you don't seem necessarily at peace. People no. were drawn to Jesus. That's what I always say. He drew crowds. Yeah. And not because people were like, this guy's saving our souls, but because there was a peace and a love and a joy yeah, to that yeah. guy. And, and how did we turn that into Coca-Cola? That's the thing. You think about it, like Jesus, his whole thing was about, he was understanding. That's right. He was the coolest dude. He was like, yeah, whatever, man. You can I do think that. you could summarize him in one word today that I'm going to say is relax. Yeah. Relax. Relax. You're Jesus was relax. chilling, man. That's right. Yeah. What prophet is sweating and screaming? Yeah. When you hear about Jonathan Edwards and sinners in the hands of an angry God or whatever that is, I just, I'm like, I don't know. The people that I'm drawn to have a serenity and a calmness and they're there. Yeah. They're not talking about when you die. They're right here and they're having a divine conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And that this is the only thing that's happening and this is what God is doing right now. God in two forms that we call Kevin and Pete are having a conversation yeah. and that is divinity. That's glorious. And then there's other people that go, yeah, but one day you're going to die and then blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't think there was too much of that happening with, with the killers, with the big names yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of faith. I yeah. hope. That's what I'd like to think. And where are you now? Now it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't like, I haven't been to church in a while. Like, I'll go when I go see my parents. Stuff. My mom you calls You still me. go? Yeah, she'll call me and be like, why? Did you go to church this? Baptist, non-denominational. They go non-denominational. But, like, I really haven't been as into it ever since probably, like, halfway through high school or end of high school or whatever. Yeah. 
I think I just kind of like, yeah, pacifel stuff was just super intense, and I kind of like started like. I can't believe it was hard to keep that going for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that just kind of like broke me from it, and then I just, I guess, getting to like history and all that, it started to have like a lot of questions. Sure. But it's still like a thing where it's like I'm not gonna go up here and like say I'm atheist or, or any of that. Like I still believe, you know, I believe in it, but kind of like from a distance. Mm. I'm just not as involved. But having what I'm trying to have as I get older is an appreciation for every step of it. It's not just I'm pure, I'm speaking in tongues, I'm, I'm saved. It's, it's Kevin going, I don't know about that yelling guy. Yeah, that yeah. feels divine to me as much as maybe more, even more so than just being like, I'm really into this and I go every day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're at, appreciating yeah. that and zooming out like a good bomb, observing <laughs> it and appreciating it instead of saying there's God times and there's non-God times. Yeah. And just being like, it's all God times. Yeah, and, it's all a part of, you know life it's life yeah that's it how can this thing this idea of an energy or an organizing principle or whatever be absent in any part of it or yeah. be upset at part of it yeah you know what i mean i'm at the strip club that's god god is there it's you funny know? that you say that there's it's a very just... very similar line in the show that i'm working on oh, which really? is like god was there it, yeah. it, it's not like God wasn't nodding off or angry or shaking his head. There's certainly a way that we can be more in line with light and goodness or whatever. But I don't even mean in an ethical way. I mean in an honest way, in like a truth kind yeah. of way, your truth. Yeah. But it's not so much about selling your table as it is about, uh, I, I think it's more of a philosophy and a presence and a, yeah. and a doing less. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have any... Do you still have, like, a fear of being judged when you die? Because that stuff's hard to shed. Yeah, every once in a while, I, like, think, you know, I get scared on planes. That's me, too. And uh, every time I'm on a plane, I'm like, man, I haven't been praying enough. That's I right. I haven't been, That's right. you know, I've been doing this, this, and that. This is what happens if I die on this plane. Like, that, I think about that almost every flight. There's a documentary. I, I reference it a bunch. It's called Selling God. It's on Netflix. It's very good. It, it's not, like... I don't, I don't know why I'm putting it down. It's not like the best made documentary. I'm telling you that so you like stick with it. But it's good. And they talk about what we were saying, the commoditization of, of God, meaning create an, a need, salvation. Everyone mm. dies. That's the urgency. You don't know when you're going to die. I'm yeah. on a plane. Uh, and then like, you need to do these things and, and be allegiant to these things. And it's not just money. It, it's actually worse. It's, it's selling your soul to the devil for the fiddle. It's selling your soul yeah. to the church for this assurance that no one can give you. Yeah. It's very private and personal. But, you know, it's, it's kind of built in. You are, you're born a sinner. Yeah. You're going to die and you don't know when. So stay in line. Mm-hmm. And that's a terrifying thing and it's hard to shed. Yeah. I'm with you. And you never know what, like, if, if, you're going by that, if you're going by that philosophy, you never know if you've done enough. Right. And it's just like, it'll drive you crazy. It'll never like, be enough. Yeah. Right. It doesn't sound very good. No. But you feel okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's like... <laughs> do you feel it's, okay? It's like little things. Like, uh, like you know, I, I do this podcast with a couple of the guys, and they always do What's it, it called? Plug it. Um, Roundtable of Gentlemen. I like it. Yeah. Round table of gentlemen. It's round table of gentlemen. And like at the beginning, we always like, they do a prayer, but it's like a joke prayer. Uh-huh. And sometimes they'll like pray to the devil or whatever. <laughs> and every episode, someone else prays, but I've never prayed just because I, don't, I can't, I don't want to. That's funny. I don't want to mess with that. You know? 
I know what you mean. You know, I just, know what you mean. Every once in a while, I make a joke that's so blasphemous that I get this very familiar pang in my stomach. It's like a flash of like, oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It doesn't yeah. go away. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Where you're just, I don't even want to do one now. Hey, you grew up that whole, like, your whole childhood and everything, and then you, however long you were into it as an adult, and then yeah, it still like lingers. You just it's like, in I don't your wanna... reflexes. Yeah, it can't go away. Yeah, just like if I played a certain rhythm, you're gonna do a cork right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your knee. Yeah, I felt like I was having this a similar conversation with uh, Gerard, and he was saying the same. We were both kind of saying, like, you know, people get so anti-God and anti-this and whatever, and we're just like, part of you just wants to be like, well, why not? I'm, I'm going to not do certain things just in case. Yeah, you know, hedge your bets. Just in case this is all real. Right. You know, just like, I'm going to avoid certain it, activities. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to kill anybody. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if you're in Kingston. <laughs> even if I'm even in Kingston. if they took your goats. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? There's not there's not a real downside to that anyway. And that does seem to be a, a, a huge use for religion. Is like, hey, it's a little bit fear based. Yeah. But you're like, I, maybe I will be kinder. I think if you keep digging and keep searching and keep exploring, you start to do good things not because of uh, fear, but because that's what you want to do. Yeah, I guess, yeah, kind of yeah. like you with comedy. <laughs> you get yeah. called. That's why I love it. A nice older, older spiritual person who's been to the puppet show and seen the strings. Don't don't listen to either of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, man. We'll, we'll, uh, we talk about God and then we lighten it up. Um, unless there was anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to. Um, no, no. The final kind of questions are, um, can you tell me one of the times you laughed the hardest in your whole life? One of the times I've laughed the hardest in my life. Yeah. Um, We've covered how many times you've cried. You were booed off. You're praying yeah. for the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I want something light. The, all right. Well, this is kind of bad, but it just popped in my head. I don't know if it's the hardest I've laughed, but no, it's kind of okay. up there. One of them. But I just remember, like, I live off the J, and it's above ground train, so you can kind of hear it coming for a while, and you see it. This is, this is pretty bad. <laughs> but I was, I, was walking, so I was walking to the J. And there was this kid, he was maybe like six, seven, you know, eight. He was younger than 10. Yeah. But he had like crutches and, or some weird, like oh, he no. had like one of those things where he was born with like bad legs. And, A Forrest Gump situation. Yeah, yeah. So he had one of the very complicated crutch things. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, no. I guess he, he heard the train coming. Oh, God. And he starts to try to like hustle to catch the train. But oh, no. like he can't, he oh, can't no. move fast. Oh, no. And I was just watching him try to. This trying is, to run, but he can't run. One of the worst. It's brutal. <laughs> this is terrible. And I just, in my head, I was just like, I don't know why it was so funny to me. But it's I was church like, laugh. He can't. He's not going to catch the train. And you're not supposed to laugh. Yeah. You know it that you're not me. supposed to. Yeah. That's church laughter. Yeah. A number of stories of these where someone, uh, Adam Pally told one where someone, sim- I, don't, I don't know if they were uh, disabled, but they slipped and fell. And it was like the perfect thing that you're absolutely not supposed to laugh yeah. at. Or I had one that I would tell on stage where I got on a train and I saw uh, like I, just things that I would think. And you're just like, that's the worst thing yeah. you can think. But unfortunately, that's part of being human. Yeah. It's this gross side of us yeah. that we don't like. like I you don't like, I didn't like, I didn't want to laugh, but that's, it just caught me. You can't help it. But it's lonely to keep those things in. Yeah. You know you're being unkind. You're yeah. not being your best self or whatever, but for whatever reason it is, if it's a smallness in us or, or just a, a light passing, it doesn't matter. You laughed your ass off at someone yeah. else's pain. <laughs> yeah. At pain. This kid is horribly disadvantaged, and yes. 
He's and he's not going to make the train. He's not going to catch the train. Oh, and God. somehow, I don't. I didn't want to laugh. But I just started. This is why the church. Yeah. Do you have the church laughs too? I mean, they have to. Yeah, when yeah. Someone's preaching, or somebody's being baptized, or something is happening that you're like, this is the moment. Like seeing someone disabled falling. Don't no. Yeah. No, you have that part of your brain that's parenting you, and it goes, Kevin, no. Yeah. And then there's this juvenile, insane jester who doesn't give a shit, and he gives you the laugh yeah. command. Yeah. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah. That's it. Felt Zach- terrible about it, man. But <laughs> it killed me. Zach Galvanakis is told what where he was lighting candles <laughs> at a Christmas Eve service. Uh, it's just another church laughter one. And his dad was trying to light his candle the entire song they're singing, Silent Night. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to light his candle and he can't get it. <laughs> and then at the end, he finally lights it at the very moment everyone blew out their candle. Because you're supposed to blow it out at the same moment. So he finally gets it and he's like, ah! And then they all blow out. I love, I love church yeah, laugh or bad just, laughs. It's great. I get it. Yeah. I get it very much. Is there any gentleman round? Round table, round of table of gentlemen. Who yeah. are the other guys? Jermaine, um, Ben Kissel, uh, Henry Zabrowski's there most of the time. Okay, Holden McNeely, um, Jackie Zabrowski, Marcus Sparks records it, and uh, yeah, it's like murder fist dudes, and then and you, me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and you feel good, man. Yeah, I feel feel great, man. I'm so glad you came in. You had me fascinated. You're not a boring person. <laughs> I hope you know you're yeah. not a boring person. But Very you see how it was like I was into so much stuff before. Yeah, but that and stuff now is like still in you. You yeah. can go around and tell everybody these other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just did. I'm glad you did. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's of course. Fun. I am so glad you came. Would you say keep it crispy? It's how we end. We have to guess it. Yeah, keep it crispy. <laughs> I will. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, dude.